and the Chicago Fire Department present Operation Save-A-Life. Hello, I'm Judy Sue here with my morning news partner, Jose Sanders. Judy, we're together for the fourth time to present an Operation Save a Life special. In the three full years since we started this campaign in late 2003, Chicago has averaged 37 fire deaths a year. In the three years prior, that average was 57. And that's about a 35% drop. Fire safety awareness and education through programs like this one have almost certainly contributed to fewer fire deaths. So that's reason alone to stay with us for the next half hour. Along with learning the essentials of fire safety, we'll go behind the scenes with the Chicago Fire Department. For most firefighters, water is a tool to extinguish fires. But for the fire department scuba rescue divers, water is their entire environment. Also, our morning news colleague Tracy Butler will visit the Fire Academy, and Roz Varon will share some tips targeted towards senior citizens. But first, I'll explore how you can outfit your home for fire and other dangers, such as carbon monoxide. The first step in outfitting your home for fire safety is to make sure you have at least one smoke detector on every floor. In recent years, more than 95% of fire deaths in Chicago occurred in buildings without smoke alarms. So, unfortunately, detectors still are not present in all area homes. While smoke detectors are essential in any home, a fire escape ladder is a good idea in a multi-story residence to provide another escape plan option. Just as smoke detectors should be placed on every floor, a fire extinguisher on every level can add an extra measure of safety. A fire extinguisher is a very good idea in any home or apartment. At least one should be there and preferably more. If you have a workshop, it's a good idea to have a fire extinguisher in your workshop too. But the kitchen is the best place to have a fire extinguisher. When you're buying a fire extinguisher, look for a type ABC because that will cover all of the varieties of fire that you might experience in a home. And of course, look for the UL mark on all fire extinguishers that you buy. Taking home fire safety to its highest level, residential sprinklers are becoming more common. Now required by a few Chicago suburbs on new home construction, residential sprinklers are relatively inexpensive, usually about 1% of the building cost. With fire sprinklers in residences or in a commercial building, only the sprinkler head that's affected by the fire will go off and help reduce the spread of the fire. It really is a, a property-saving and life-saving device. A new Illinois law went into effect at the beginning of 2007. Carbon monoxide alarms are now required in all homes that use a fossil fuel, such as natural gas, or are connected to a residential garage. Carbon monoxide is colorless, odorless, and tasteless, so most people don't realize that they're starting to see the symptoms of carbon monoxide poisoning, and it's deadly until it's way too late. And it's important to have a carbon monoxide detector. As you know, the city of Chicago has been extremely proactive. For years, this has been a law in the city of Chicago. Now it's adopted on a statewide level. And what everyone has to remember is they have to have a carbon monoxide detector within 15 feet of every sleeping area. Regular inspection and maintenance of gas appliances can prevent a carbon monoxide leak in the first place. While most homeowners should let a professional handle major electrical wiring issues, they can reduce electrical fire risk through common sense in dealing with power cords. Another common occurrence, especially in the holiday months, would be the um, overuse and uh, what we label as a misuse of extension cords. It's, um, it's, a, it's an occurrence where people would, would overload way too many electrical um, artifacts and power cords into a single extension cord. 
In homes with children, another no-cost precaution is simply keeping matches and lighters out of youngsters' reach. So, with a little common sense, proper home maintenance, and a few select pieces of safety equipment, the risk associated with fire and carbon monoxide in the home can be significantly reduced. Jose, having that working smoke detector is really crucial. Last year, there wasn't a single death in a Chicago home with a working smoke detector. That's right, Judy. Working is a key word because in more than half of the homes with a fire death, a detector was installed, but the batteries were either missing or not working. Well, one home where you will certainly find a working detector is the Survive Alive House. The Chicago Fire Department uses this facility to teach the 10 steps of fire safety. The Survive Alive House on South Clinton educates about 6,000 school children a year. The 10-point lesson starts with the importance of smoke alarms. It notifies you when you're sleeping, and that's when a lot of fire deaths occur is after hours in the late evening when people are sleeping, and it notifies you. It wakes you up. It alerts you. How many smoke detectors do you have in your home? A film and opening presentation lead the kids through the 10 steps of fire safety. You have to have an escape plan. If you don't have an escape plan, you don't know how to get out the house. Step three, sleep with the bedroom doors closed. Fill the door with what part of our hand? Because of what? Very good, it's the most sensitive. Don't go back, go to the family meeting location. What that means, once you're out, you stay out. The students have a chance to see a firefighter up close in full gear before they head in for a practical test. I could say touch a door, but when you see it in the environment of having a flash, flashing light to simulate a fire and having you know the fog machine to simulate the smoke, it gives you a whole idea of how you put everything that we're trying to teach you in that 10-step program together. Okay, let's go, let's go. Check the door. Is it hot? No. Okay, what you do next? Crack it, look out. Come on, we gotta go, we gotta get out. Okay, let's go, let's go. In this simulation, the youngsters must remember not to hide, but to crawl out of the house under the fake smoke, go to a meeting place, then call 911. With the flashing lights in various parts of the two-bedroom house, the kids even have to adjust to different scenarios and find an alternate exit. The ability to go beyond a simple lecture in the Survive Alive house makes the experience memorable for the children, occasionally paying off in the most crucial situations. One of the first classes I did uh, was a kindergarten class, and uh, about two weeks later, or after, after we'd given the class, um, one of the children had a fire in their house, and uh, Dad was ready to open the door. It was actually in the apartment building. He was ready to open the door and go out in the hallway, and the kid said, no, Dad, stop. And he felt the door was hot, they didn't go out there, and a the fire was right in the hallway outside, and she actually saved her father from, from being killed in the fire. I love working with the kids. I also love working out in the field. If one kid, or all the kids, or a family is saved, and I notice that person on TV, and I can say, they were down at the Survivor Live house. They were at public education. I'm happy. PASS describes the method for fire extinguisher use. Pull the pen, aim the extinguisher, squeeze the handle, and sweep from side to side toward the base of the fire. Coming up on Operation Save a Life.
The fire department's rescue divers must brave a dangerous and often cold world in the depths of Lake Michigan. But teamwork is a vital lifeline. If I'm going under the water or going under the ice and something happens, I have to know that the person behind me is going to be able to come in and save me. You know, I have I had to self-rescue, but if I can't do it, I have to know and be confident the person behind me can uh, back me up and is as good diver as I am. Operation Save-A-Life is brought to you by Felco, your window siding and door replacement specialist. Call 866-4-FELCO for a free in-home estimate. Chevy, log on now to ChevyDriveChicago.com. And by Kitta, technology that saves lives. Welcome back to Operation Save a Life. The Chicago Fire Department does much more than fight fires. In fact, the majority of calls are for medical emergencies. One type of emergency requires a specialized rescue unit. Considering that rather large lake to our east, the highly trained scuba team must always remain ready to dive into action. As part of the Special Ops Division, the Chicago Fire Department Scuba Rescue Team can call upon more than 140 specially trained firefighters. On round-the-clock duty, the unit trains daily and responds to about 200 water-related calls a year. It could be anything from a boat in distress, which could be a boat fire, a boat sinking, um, a person in distress, a distressed swimmer. There's just so many different conditions that we go into between the river, the lake, the lagoons. In the lake, I've seen a change in a matter of minutes. You know, a nice calm lake, and next thing you know, that you're in five foot, six foot swells. So it's hard to use the word typical when you're doing this sort of job. While the scuba team must be ready for any water emergency, boaters and swimmers can help prevent those emergencies. Very simple tips are, you know, when you're boating, wear a life jacket. Um, swimming, swim at the beaches. The beaches have lifeguards. Stop now, stop to sit. This indoor pool on the north side gives divers a controlled environment to test new equipment and hone communications for both day and night scenarios. So we graduate from this, what we call confined water training here at this facility, and we move out to the lake and the river and we conduct actual open water training out there. Conducted year round, the open water training simulates real rescues that demand precision teamwork under often difficult conditions. It's part of what's kept me on this unit so long is the teamwork. I really appreciate the tightness that we got, the camaraderie we have. And it's funny, you know, I get Marshall up here tending me. Marshall tend me a little different than Joe. And, you know, he, these are guys we live with. I mean, it's a 24-hour shift, you know. We eat together, we live together, we have coffee together. It's, you know, and you get to know their personalities. I know what Marshall's going to do when I'm in the water. I can tell by his voice. I know what Joe's doing. So, you know, the, the closeness, it really helps. It helps keep you safe. All firefighters are, are, can be put in dangerous situations. We feel especially at risk. And so uh, we need to know that, you know, we have each other's back, so to speak. Uh, there's, a, there's a strong trust in it. By the way, the scuba team's most interesting training day was in May of 2005. A routine morning drill at Ohio Street Beach turned into a real rescue when a jogger alerted them to a body nearby in the water. With their gear already on, the team was able to rescue and revive that victim. It is an amazing coincidence. Now, Tracy Butler's training day at the Chicago Fire Academy wasn't quite that dramatic, but she was able to experience the rigors of firefighter school. firefighter is a demanding job and becoming one isn't much easier but there's no shortage of willing men and women ready for the challenge 
These candidates have waited 10 years since their initial application to actually go through the fire academy. Every kid, uh, guy, girl, always wants to be a fireman when they're, when they're young. Hey, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I, the fireman's always there. With starting dates staggered throughout the calendar, four classes go through the six-month program each year. After three months of medical training, the candidates go through another three months of practical and classroom firefighter training. A good firefighter combines strength and smarts. It's 50-50 to me, I mean, mental and physical. Uh, you know, it's, it's more um, academically challenging than I thought it would be. For three months we studied our EMT, had to pass the National Registry for our EMT test. Then we come over to this academy, which is known as the Quinn, and uh, we're working on our firefighter training. We have a firefighter two test we have to take, which is academically challenging and every day physically being challenged. By the time you're done putting your equipment on, grabbing a couple hoses and walking, walking or running up the stairs, you know, you, you have an extra 100 pounds on your back. While the job demands this specialized training, some of the principles taught here also apply to average citizens. As firefighters, whether you're operating on the fire ground or whether you're operating at the roof of a fire, one of the first things we always look for is a secondary means of egress. Well, if I get into this and I can't get out the way I came in, how am I going to get myself out? That's second nature on the fire ground, and that's something that maybe has been missing with the public, and that's what we need them to do. We need them to have an exit plan in the house, and we need them to practice that exit plan in the house. If you normally exit your house this way and it's blocked by fire, what's your secondary means to get out? At times, fire academy training takes on a military flavor. Like a soldier, firefighters may often deal with life and death situations. The atmosphere is, is military style. Um, it's just to, to get us to work as a team because that, we need that camaraderie to work together. My life depends on everybody in here and everybody out of here, so I want the camaraderie, I need the camaraderie to, to understand and know that somebody's gonna have my back that I can trust. 54 candidates are currently training at this center while another 104 are training at a facility down the street. Before today, they have one more student. You're gonna flush the hydrant. You're gonna listen for the water. You're gonna let the water flow up into the barrel. It's gonna push it into this thing, they're out. They'll chop in here. Chop in here. Push it to turn me. Chop in here. Looking down, push it to okay. Push it out. Go. Get us close. All the puns. <laughs> you gotta get your legs out underneath <laughs> I knew that wasn't gonna happen. I just fell off the roof! See how the rope is going through there? Yes. Now you're going to pull it all the way through to give yourself enough. Okay. There's your loop on the, on the ladder. Uh-huh. I see where this rope is going? Yes, sir. It's going to go all the way around. Uh-huh. All the way so around. follow now it. see where it's going? Yeah. That's it, underneath. All the way around. She's a natural. Well, now that I've learned what it takes to becoming a Chicago firefighter, I think I'll tie things up right here. PLAN is the Chicago Fire Department's new acronym for school dorm safety. Practice fire drills. 
Learn cooking safety. Apathy is the enemy. And never overload electrical outlets. Up next on Operation Save-A-Life, fire department paramedics share important safety tips for senior citizens. Have someone notified to check up on them on a regular basis and also have a portable phone near them where they can be able to reach us if, if they have to crawl to it. Welcome back to Operation Save-A-Life. Fire department paramedics respond to a wide variety of emergencies. While fire safety is a major objective, this show is called Operation Save-A-Life. The term life safety suggests a broader mission. Our morning news team partner, Roz Varen, shares some valuable life safety tips. The 5,000 men and women of the Chicago Fire Department respond to about half a million calls annually. The vast majority of our run volume today is for emergency medical service. This facility in Oak Park tracks traffic patterns around Chicago. Not only do crashes snarl traffic, unfortunately they also keep paramedics in Chicago and the suburbs quite busy. That's why wearing a seatbelt is an easy habit that could help you avoid injury and may even save your life. People are getting the message. Seatbelt use is up from 71% in year 2000 to 82% in 2005. From infant seats through booster seats, Illinois state law requires special restraint devices for children under eight years old. Senior citizens make up another group that deserves extra care. The Chicago Fire Department often visits senior centers for fire and life safety education. Among the elderly, falling is a common cause of injury. Here's one of the most important things, whether we're talking about fire safety or any kind of safety, check on your neighbors. You know, check on the people next door. They don't have to be your mother or father. Check on them, especially if they're elderly. And also have a portable phone near them where they can be able to reach us if they, if they have to crawl to it. For anyone who may be unconscious or unable to speak in a medical emergency, one way to help paramedics is an idea that originated in England. Program an in-case-of-emergency contact number under the acronym ICE in your mobile phone. While the firefighters and paramedics take pride in their emergency response, preventing those emergencies is also part of their mission. Remember calm in a high-rise fire. Call 911. Alert building management. Listen for instructions. And move to a safe area. Coming up on Operation Save-A-Life, review the 10 steps of fire safety. These tips and a few minutes of planning could make a life or death difference in an emergency. Welcome back to Operation Save-A-Life. I'm Jose Sanders here with Judy Sue. We've learned some very important information within the past half hour. So let's review the Chicago Fire Department's 10 steps of fire safety. Fire safety starts with a smoke detector. Install at least one on every floor of your home. Check them regularly and change the batteries twice a year. Working smoke detectors are crucial because the majority of fatal fires happen at home and at night. Getting out of the house takes preparation and common sense. First, create and practice an escape plan for the entire family. 
Remember to include at least two exit routes out of the house. Sleep with a bedroom door shut. A closed door will keep out smoke and fire for up to 20 minutes. If the alarm outside the bedroom sounds, don't hide. Simply roll out of bed and crawl to the door under the smoke. Feel the door. If it's hot, find another way out. If not, proceed out of the house. Once outside, stay out. Go to the predetermined meeting place, then call 911. A special thanks to the Chicago Fire Department, Scuba Rescue Team, and Training Academy. It's really fascinating and a cool job. So it's no wonder that Firefighter won the sexiest job survey on the website called salary.com. I can totally see that. And you know, Jose Reporter actually came in fourth on that list. So I guess we're doing okay. But most importantly, though, our job gives us an opportunity to convey important information that could literally save your life. And if I had to pick just one tip from this Operation Save a Life show to emphasize, it would be the need for a working home smoke detector. Remember, missing or dead batteries make that detector useless. So be sure to replace them regularly. I will definitely second that reminder. For Tracy Butler, Roz Varon, and my co-host Jose Sanders, I'm Judy Sue. Thanks for joining us on Operation Save a Life. Operation Save a Life has been brought to you by Felco, your window siding and door replacement specialist. Call 866-4-FELCO for a free in-home estimate. Chevy, log on now to ChevyDriveChicago.com. And by Kidda, technology that saves lives.